Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Family, family, we're back live from Merritt Island, Florida. I got my coat. My co-star on the other end, Kelvin Harris. Kelvin, say hello. Hello. <laughs> hey, Kelvin. Report on that early. I mean, you, you spent some time in Houston, and we got to take some time at the beginning of this show to to at least acknowledge what's going on in Houston and give those people our deepest sympathy, pray for them, and let them know that we're here for them, and if they need anything from us. Man, that's just a devastating deal out there. We've been through it here in the state of Florida. We know all about hurricanes, but you really don't know and understand how terrifying that can be unless you've actually gone through it. And we haven't gone through it to the extent that they're going through it right now. So we just want to at least acknowledge that. And if if you're out there listening, and if you have the ability to help, please do. Please, yeah. Kelvin, you were out there yeah. in Houston for a while, weren't you? Yeah, I spent 15 years in Houston, and I was actually uh, still living there when uh, I was living there when Katrina happened. And um, I had a lot of friends, not only in, you know in, uh, in in New Orleans, but uh, in Louisiana. And it was, uh, you know, I thought that was shocking. But I got to be honest with you, um, some of the some of the footage I've seen is kind of shocking because I was, you know, before I left, they had Hurricane Ike in Houston, and you know, there were there were, you know, parts of the city that didn't have um, electricity for you know three four weeks, and there was right. kind of flooding, and that was a category three hurricane. But this is this is on something else. I mean, I'm I mean I'm just taken aback, and a lot of the people I talked to, most of them haven't lost their homes. I had a couple people, but but there is a lot of people. There's like ten thousand people in the convention center, and like Hurley said, if uh, you know you're close by and able to help get those people to help because it's going to be a while before Houston gets back to normal. Yeah, actually, I was talking to um, A.C. Tellison, one of our teammates, and he's from Bay City, and he had to evacuate his mom, and some of the, the pictures that he showed me were just devastating. So, we're going to move on, but again, at least we we have to, to remind well, people before we move on, I, I, I talked to, talk to Charles Farms, uh, one of our former teammates and classmates in a position made of uh, Hurley's, and um, he was doing good. Uh, he didn't have to evacuate, and um, from what I hear, Derek Harris is also doing good. I don't know what Jonathan okay. Harris and Corey Francis are, but you know, those are you know, former teammates of ours that live in Houston. Right. So, you know, Charles Farms, Derek Harris. Um, like you said, Jonathan Harris, Bubba McDowell, Alonzo's wife, I believe, is in Houston right now. From what I saw on Facebook, she was there, her family, you know, Chris yeah, I did, I, I, I mean, I all the people I, that I, we know. Bubba, Bubba sent so, me a text yesterday. He's all good. Okay, good, good. Well, yeah, because he actually said that there was just a bunch of rain. I checked on the other day. But, um, you know, I'll tell you what's so ironic about this, Kel. Everything that's going on in the world today. You know, you got the Colin Kaepernick deal. You got, you know, our president of the United States. We're in such turmoil right now with our country. 
And you, you, only, you can only sit back and, and realize that God has a way of touching us. Yes, God has a way of putting everything into perspective. Well, all the racism and all, the, uh, you know, all this crap that's going on. And, but to, to sit and watch how we as a people can come together at times of crisis, that's what it's all oh, yeah. about. And it's, it's a shame that it has to take something like this in order for us to come together. But that's God. That's who he is. That's what he does. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, but you know, in light of everything, you know, there are some great things that are going on out there. Matthew Stafford just signed a $135 million contract, $90 oh, yeah. million guaranteed. I just want you to know that um, this will be my last show because I am uh, giving up all my worldly possessions and I'm moving to Detroit to uh, try and gain some employment as Matthew uh, Stafford's personal assistant. I mean, wow. Hey, wow. You, you, you would be the most, you'd be 90, the least attractive uh, personal assistant in the world. Hey, I wear But at least you get a lot mask. of work done. Hey, for what he's, what he's making, if he asks me to wear a mask every day, I'll do it. I mean, just, man, $92 million oh, guaranteed. Man. $92 million guaranteed. But I tell you what, but it's, it's been a long time coming. You know, um, Derek Carr just signed his multi-million dollar deal. It was $115 million. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 we're starting. We're never going to catch up to baseball. We're never going to catch up to A-Rod with the $250 million deal and stuff like that. And, you know, the basketball players, James Harden, Steph Curry, we're not going to catch those guys. There's not going to be a... a big number of guys in the National Football League making $100 million contracts, but it's a step in the right direction. Oh, so agree. I'm excited about it. I really am. I'm excited about it, man. You, you got guys out there. Olivier Vernon signed a $85 million deal two years ago, and, you know, it just it, it, it gives you some, some hope that, hey, man, these guys are getting these contracts now, and now they can take care of the families for generations of, of families. Yeah. Great great grandkids who haven't been born yet are taken care of all of this type of money. And the only thing is, I just, I used to say that there's no way you could mess up $100 million. And I've been proven wrong several times. I just hope as more of these guys get the money, they don't, the foolishness slows down because, you know, you, you just can't imagine somebody going through $100 million in a lifetime. And there's been quite a few people who, Attempted and successfully done it, but I don't. Oh, yeah. I know there's going to be some more that go through it. But 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 the key to it is the guaranteed money. Oh, ninety three. Everybody looks back at, at you know the money. Let's just talk. You know, we got a friend, we got a teammate of ours that was at one time the highest paid offensive lineman in the history of the National Football League. But yeah. there was no guaranteed money. Forty one million dollar contract at that time, which was like a lot of money. Yeah. There was no guarantees, and there are a lot of stipulations on that contract. So he never made the money. It was all on no. paper. Now it was all on paper. It was all on paper. Now these guys are getting guaranteed money. So well, and that, again, that's exciting. That's exciting. And, you know, I just looked at a, a thing the other day. Uh, I saw something on Ricky Dixon. We all know Ricky Dixon. Ricky Dixon was a star player for the University of Oklahoma. He yeah. ended up getting drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, played for a long time in the National Football League, won a Thorpe Award. Actually beat out our homeboy, Benny Blaze, for the Thorpe Award that year. And we were really upset about that. But nonetheless, Ricky um, has just learned that he has ALS. 
Oh. And, oh, yeah. And, and it, it's sad. You know, it's extremely sad. And the, um, the title of that article was The Game That I Loved Is Killing Me. And, and mm. that, that, that just takes you back. But to know that these guys are getting these types of contracts now, you know, it, it just it sheds some light. But, again, it allows us to think that, okay, guys don't have to play until they're 35, 40 years old. Calvin Johnson retires at the age of, what, 28, 29? 29. He's financially set for the rest of his life. That's what it's all about. You know, and guys were upset with that guy. But, I mean, hey, man, the guy got in the game. He gave the game everything that he could for as long as he possibly could. He stayed healthy. He can take his kids to school. He can go out there and play basketball with his son if he wants to. I agree. And, and his situation kind of reminded me of Barry Sanders and that Calvin Johnson made it on the line for a decade. And the organization really didn't reward him with, you know, they rewarded him with money, but they didn't, he didn't go in. If he did go in the playoff games, it was maybe one or two. And, you know, he's putting his body on the line for multiple double-digit lost seasons. And now you're, you know, you're 10 years in, and the best years are probably gone, and it's like, well, what do I have left to play for? And, yeah, right. maybe he, he could have requested a trade, but, I mean, I think the one thing they got to look at is he, you know, showed some type of loyalty to Detroit in that he didn't ask for a trade. He just said, look, I'm just, I don't want to play anymore. And, you know, he spent his whole career with one team. But you're going to see guys shut it down a lot quicker. I mean, of course, the other problem... Yeah. I think that arises is, you know, once they shut it down, hopefully they will understand that when you get into private business, you know, there's a difference between getting a $92 million check and having to spend $92 million. And they, they just don't do anything foolish. And they put a good portion of that money away. Like, you know, so like you said, the grandkid can, you know, live off of it. But right. AL, ALS is like a death sentence. Um, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but no one's ever survived it. So, you know, I, I can't really get mad at you know anyone that doesn't want to uh, end up like Lou Gehrig. But uh, right. like you say, now they got options. Yeah, and and that's the biggest thing. You know, you got guys that have played for 15, 17 years, and now you you, you know, I mean, if, if if your body's telling you that you can do it, then by all means do it. But a lot of these guys it. played because they needed the money. Yeah. Now well, and then, you have that option. Now you don't, hey, I don't have to play, you know, for 20 years. If I don't have to, I can go out there and play for, you know, eight, nine, ten years, Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, and, you know, retire and allow some of these young kids to go up there and make some money. Oh, I agree. And I, but I still uh, have my help. I think the other thing is, and it's not just with, with athletes, it's a societal thing. Some guys, like you say, play because they need the money. But if you really look at the grand scheme of things, sometimes the type of money they think they need to live afterwards isn't as much as they think they need. It's just that you get caught up with the, you know, what the Joneses are doing, and you're saying, I got to have four cars, and I got to do this. When realistically, if you're Calvin Johnson or you're Barry Sanders, because Barry Sanders has been living good. I mean, he's not living extravagant. Like, you know, he's not trying to live like he's on Robin Leach's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, but he lives a good life. 
But I think a lot of guys get caught up in eating the prime one twelve every night and you know having multiple yeah, but that, that's, cars. That's, that's easy. You know, I mean, like I said, it's easier said than done. I mean, but you know, I was with the Washington Redskins, and you know, I, I got a firsthand you know experience with guys that are art monks. And you're trying to hang out with Art Monk, and even your wife is trying to hang out with Art Monk's wife, and you're a free agent, and he's a whole another level. It's, it's hard, yeah. It's, yeah, man. It's, it's hard to sit there and tell your wife, "Hey, look, Art Monk's wife is going in to buy this, you know, twenty thousand dollar mink coat," and your wife wants to do the same. Ooh. You know, and you got to sit there and tell, "Hey, look, baby, we can't do that." You no, know, so it, it, it's tough. Like I said, it, it's easier said than done. The only thing we yeah. can continue to do is try and educate our young men in the best way to, to to invest their money and make sure that, you know, you're you're able to take care of yourself for a long period of time. Because it don't make sense to go out there and make all this money and then when you, you know, 35, 40 years old, yeah. you, know, you can't buy a, a sport coat. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, Matthew Stafford has hit the jackpot. He set the standard for a lot of other guys. And as a matter of fact, he's also done something that we think is going to benefit one of our guys and Brad Kyle. But we're going to take a oh. break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about how Brad Kyle is going to benefit, benefit from Matthew Stafford's mega deal and what it means for the other quarterbacks in the National Football League. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we're back. Talking about Matthew Stafford's multi-million dollar deal. But... 
not only does Matthew Stafford and his family and the Detroit Lions benefit from it, we got a kid that played for us at the University of Miami who was an undrafted free agent who signed with the, with the Detroit Lions. He's actually Matthew Stafford, one of Matthew Stafford's backups, and Brad Kaya. So, Kevin, what do you think this means for Brad? Well, actually, Hurley, it's interesting because um, last year I told his mom, Angela, um, I said this is after he had um, actually before he had declared during during the, during the off season. I said, look, at some point, Brad and um, Deshaun Watson could possibly make thirty million dollars a year on a contract in their careers. I said, you know, the contracts are going that way, and with this contract and what happened last year with Mike Glennon. I think that'll happen sooner than later because all Brad needs to do is it looks like he's going to win the backup job this year. Um, then, you know, if, if he just plays good in the preseason the next two to three years and, you know, whenever they call on him when Matthew Stafford gets hurt, there's going to come a time around his fourth year where he'll, his contract will be up or, you know, no renegotiation. More than likely they won't be able to re-sign him for what, you know, he's worth or what he thinks he's worth. And there'll be somebody out there, just like how Mike Glennon got $15 million this year, he'll get that type of contract. But the $15 million Mike Glennon gets, the equivalent to that Brad will probably be twenty, about 20 to $22 million for two, three years. So his guaranteed money will probably be somewhere in the 40 to $50 million range. And he may not have even, just like Mike Glennon, only started one game or, or none. Same thing with Jimmy Garofalo. And then we haven't even talked about Kirk Cousins because his contract is up now. I mean, you're talking about a guy that over the next, over the course of last year, the year before, and next year will make at least $67 million in guaranteed money. And it's probably going to be more than that now after this contract. So it's a, you know, it's a great day if you're a quarterback. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. It's a great day if, you, uh, if you're a skilled position guy. But again, I'm 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 pulling for Brad, and I think Brad is the type of guy that's gonna he's gonna stay around Matthew and you know Detroit, and he's gonna learn as much as he possibly can. He is a student of the game, but yeah. I think Brad is one of those guys that really wants to compete. Brad is gonna be one of those guys that's saying, "Hey, you know what? The money doesn't mean anything." All right, I mean, let's just keep it real. Dad is rich. Mother's an actor. Well, she ain't yeah, bad off either. So the money's not the issue. The, 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 the thing that's going to happen with Brad is Brad is such a competitor. He's such a competitive kid. Brad's going to want to be his own guy. And I can't oh, wait I until, that day, until that day happens. It's two or three years down the road from now. But it's going to happen, and we're going to get a chance to see Brad Kaya as a starter in the National Football League. I honestly do believe that. Oh, I agree. Well, Hurley, I'm going to say this. Not just Brad Kaya, but another U.M. quarterback that actually – and this preseason has basically uh, solidified his future in the league. And uh, Stephen uh, Morris, uh, Stephen Morris, if it, I, I really Morris. he's going to get a chance. He'll he'll beat out. I think if Scott Posey doesn't do good in the first game, because there's a good chance Andrew Luck won't be back in the first month. I think Stephen Morris is going to get a shot. And if he does the same thing that we just talked about with Brad, this time next year. I think he'll have a shot to really get paid. He could be making twenty million dollars a year next year. So you know, I hope both of these young men do do good things because they're both good kids. 
And I mean, you you Great know kid. more than anybody else because you were around them. Yeah, and you know, I, I got a chance to to be around Stephen for a while, even Brad. But Stephen, man, if Stephen doesn't break his ankle, if he doesn't tear his ankle up, Stephen's a draft choice. Stephen gets drafted. He's that type of kid. He was having that type of a career. He's an extremely intelligent kid, a football kid. Both of these guys, man, I'm, I'm excited for them. I really am. And, I, you know, to sit back and get a chance to watch Steven get, get a legitimate shot. You know, he, was, he signed with Jacksonville, you know, came out of college and went to Jacksonville and, you know, dabbled around there for a little while. But now he's with the Indianapolis coach. He's with Chuck Pagano, you know, and also a former Kane. And mm-hmm. dude, I, it, he's with, yeah, he's with, um, Philip Dorsett, one of the fastest guys in the National Football League. So he's around some guys that, that you know, that have have been groomed to do what he does. And guys mm-hmm. that are going to look out for him. So I'm, I'm excited for him. I really am. And there's yeah. another guy, you know, I mean, football season is here. So it's, we're ready to rock and roll. Okay, we had a couple of games this past weekend. But um, the big game. The game of all games is being played opening day. And I can't wait for this game to take place. It's been played in Atlanta. It's Florida State, Jimbo Fisher versus the University of Alabama and Nick Saban. Nick Saban is coming off of a doggone a losing season to him. Lost a national championship to Clemson. And Buddy, my sister-in-law is a huge Florida State. Well, she went to Florida State. She's a huge doggone Florida State fan, and I hate it, but I can't wait for both of those guys to go, and both of those teams to go into Atlanta, in the Dome, and square off. I'm taking Alabama. I mean, I mean, honestly, okay, you got Florida State, which is our, our, our arch enemy, and then Alabama. I'm just sick of this Bama stuff. I mean, but, you know, to Nick Saban's credit, he's done a great job. But I'm taking Florida State in a close game. And um, I just think that um, you, know, you got two good defenses. you got both offenses who have talent. I just think that Alabama's defense is a notch below Florida State's. And I think Florida State has the better quarterback. And I think that will be a difference. You know, both teams are You think Florida in. State has a better quarterback? Okay, all right. Hey, you're entitled to your own opinion. Ford Miles, well, Deion well, Sanders, you're entitled to your own opinion. I get it. Jalen Hurts had a great year last year, but the one thing he doesn't do is throw the football. And that cost him. Alabama doesn't throw the football. It's not about throwing the football with Alabama. It's about running the football, establishing a run that. game. And we're going to play action. Okay, all right. So, So here you go. All right, Kelvin, and we both played at University of Miami. We won a few championships together. Yeah. And every year, every year, all right, it was the defense. I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember the, the big fight we had 30,000 feet up in there with you and our boy. We ain't going to mention no name. Because oh, we were man. standing in the offense. Yeah, yeah but we're going way back with that one, buddy. Because I, the defense was saying that the offense was, was putting us in bad situations. So, but anyway... So this is what I'm looking at, Kelvin. So Alabama has nine. That they have not, they're starting out of the starting eleven defensive players. 
none of those guys are either juniors or seniors. A lot of experience. A lot of experience. And a lot of these guys have been waiting their turn. Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, probably one of the best defensive backs in the country. Jay's mm-hmm. going to come out, and I mean, I, I expect Minka to have a great season this year. All right? So now, but offensively for Florida State, this is where, where Florida State is hurting that. They're starting back. two redshirt freshmen on the offensive line. Yes. Out of the 11 starters on offense, only six of them are upperclassmen, have a lot of experience. Now, you're saying that Florida State, with DeAndre Francois, who's a redshirt sophomore, going into his second season as a starter, has two redshirt freshmen starting on the offensive line, are going to be able to compete with Alabama, who's got nine out of 11 that are upperclassmen, either juniors or seniors, in Atlanta, first game of the season. With that, with that type of crowd and that environment, my, my dude, the hat goes to, to to Alabama. It ain't even well, close. Normally, you would say the hat does go to Alabama, but here's the thing: you know, you, like I said, more than anybody, you spent you know the last few years around these millennials. Well, the one thing that you know I've started spending a little bit more time around is, is that they all have ADD, and that what happened five, ten years ago, they don't know. In the minds of those kids in Florida State, they just won a national championship. And all them kids that's on Florida State's team, the majority of them are from Florida. You and I are from Florida. You know how we Floridians think. They don't think Alabama's better than them because most of them could have went to Alabama. As a matter of fact, a lot of them are probably saying they ain't better than us. And I just think that I'm going to double down with the Andrew Francois. I really think that this is his last year. I think he's going to have a good enough year to where he's probably going to, probably against the wishes of Jimbo Fisher, declare for the draft because he has all the intangibles. I think he's a little small, but none of these kids seem to want to stay and develop that extra year. And I think he'll have a good enough year. I think they'll end up going 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Obviously, I don't think Bama's going to be one of the losses. So, I, and I think they'll win a bowl game. Um, and, I think what will happen is, um, yeah, they're starting two young offensive linemen, but their offensive line is better than it was last year. And last year, it, it was so bad that it can't get any worse. And there's nothing on the other side that they don't see in practice. Deron Payne for Alabama is, is a very strong and stout defensive tackle. But they got DeMarcus Christmas. They got Fred Jones. Uh, they got Derek Nottie who is a 535-pound bench press guy uh, in the, the defensive tackle position. Yeah, um, Sean Hand is a, is a good pass rusher. But then they go up against uh, Josh Sweat and Brian Burns every day in practice. So it's not like where, we, where, where it was last year with USC, where USC is on the West Coast, and a lot of that West Coast football is softer than you know, baby, baby diapers. This is something different. It's... Two teams looking at themselves in the mirror and seeing the reflection of themselves. And I just think in a situation like this, I always go with the Floridians. I mean, it's like Florida, Michigan, I'm going with the Floridians. You know, so I think DeAndre Francois, and I think the key to this is Arden Key and Naquan Murray 
are better than Mika Fitzpatrick and the other guy that's playing corner for Alabama. That's what I think is the difference. Okay, you said a mouthful. But, again, we, well, we, I'm going to go back to not only Florida State young on the offensive line, they're untested. The two running backs that they, they have are untested. Okay? Um, Jacquez Patrick. I've never been a fan of Jacquez. I gotta be honest. Love Jacquez. I'm a fan of Jacquez. Cam Akers. These are are two running backs now that that I think that are are really good running backs. I think they're extremely good. Josh is, I mean, Jacquez is a big, powerful back who has some speed, but I don't think he can break away. He can't break, he can't take it 60. He might get you 35, 40, but he's not gonna go 60. Where Cam, I believe, can start, I mean, he can, Camp can Jack go is not as from anywhere. Yeah. From, and Camp can take it from anywhere on the field. But then on the other side of the ball, you got Bo Scarborough, who's probably not going to start, but then you got Damian Harris. Well, they got another kid okay. I think that's going to play before both of them, actually. Well, no, well, from what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, this is what's going on. Um, Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough are going to be the guys. Okay, okay. Well, Damian yeah. Harris had a pretty good spring. I watched the spring game um, uh, last week again, and okay. Damian Harris had a pretty good spring. And then, you know, of course, Bo was hurt. But they have another kid. Um, I forget his name. I think he's from Kentucky, from Louisville. Okay. Who, who who had a really good spring? They they got three full backs, but you know you cheating for Alabama. Alabama. Alabama's ready to go. As a matter of fact, we're going to hold on. Hold, hold your thoughts up for a second. I got a guy right now that just called in who is my dude, my guy. He's got the best barbecue in, in the state of Florida, but he is a football juggernaut. Mama Jack Lewis? Holmes, how you doing, Jack? Coach Hardy Brown. What's going on, What's Jack? Jack. Uh, Jack, I just got you. Jack, we should. I just got you. I just got killed on the golf course. I don't even know why I'm calling you. I'm so mad. <laughs> oh, no. Well, hey, hey, maybe you're calling us because oh. you're talking about this Florida State-Alabama game and you oh. can feel better about yourself. Well, I don't know how good I can feel about this one, man, because I'm the biggest Florida State fan in the world. Well, I just Wait a minute. Oh, I thought game, you were the biggest Miami fan in the world. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm the biggest know, Florida State fan in the world. And I'm just so worried about oh, X's right. and O's when it comes down to coaching. And oh, I just wait a minute, hold on. This is something new to the state. Oh, wow. Wow. I just, wow. I, I think Nick's, Nick's going to find a way to win this game. I just don't think that uh, our offensive playbook is going to be enough to get past Alabama's defense. Oh, Jack, I disagree. Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. But, uh, you know what? So, so there I, you I'm go. so glad you there disagree. You go, and I definitely... I hope you're right, Coach. But I'm not just feeling good about this one right now. And if you're going to get Alabama, you got to get them early. So, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, but again, and the one thing that we always said, if you're going to play Florida State, you play Florida State early. You don't wait. You battle for the seventh, eighth no. game in the season to play Florida oh, State. No. So, no. now we're talking about a seasoned team that's just coming off of a national championship game and a Florida State team who has lost a lot of kids. Now, they get yes. Derwin James back. But Florida State lost a yes. lot of guys. 
So I don't know yes. if Nyquan Murray, and again, I, I love Nyquan. I think he's a great player. But I uh, don't know if Nyquan Murray is ready for this type of a game. Not, not, not to be, one, you know, if we always did one, If he's our number one against that secondary Alabama guy, we got problems. Now, can Cam do what Dalvin Cook did for this team? No. I, 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 no. That's a big question mark. No one we don't even know if Cam can take a big hit yet. We haven't seen it, Coach. You know, spring football being a guy, being around your guys every day is one thing, but, boy, when you line up against the best defense in the country, exactly. now what we going to do? Thank you. Can we get down? See that, can, can Florida State get down two touchdowns and, 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 and oh, not no. come back and make a football game out of this? Right. I just don't know if their receivers are that good right I, now. Can I ask both of y'all a question? Yeah, we 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 talking about Florida State's O line. Obviously, y'all haven't paid attention to Alabama's O line. Other than Jonah Williams, the center's okay. The right tackle was stealing last year. That's the thing that I think you guys aren't paying attention to. I don't believe Alabama's offensive line can pass block against Florida State's defensive line. And I really think that's the true key to the game. I think the Marcus Christmas, Derek Naughty. Fred Jones will be able to shut down the inside run game, and I just don't think Jalen Hurts is capable enough as a passer to beat Florida State's defense. I think wow, you know, that is so interesting. I like Great Florida State corners better than I do Alabama's corners. Oh, no So doubt. you mean to tell me you like Tavares McFadden? Mm-hmm. Now, I, don't get me wrong, Derwin James. I, hey, I'm, I'm taking Derwin James. I think Derwin James is one of the best players in the country. And Derwin I think James them losing Derwin last year really hurt them. But I don't oh, yeah. see Trey Marshall and Kyle Myers being elite corners at this particular time. Now, hey, we got to take well, a break. Just hold your thoughts. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to finish this conversation. And I'm glad Jackie okay. called. And, um, Kevin, so you got two for Alabama, one for Florida State. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we're back. We're back with my main man, Mama Lucy's own, Jack Holmes and Kelvin, the nasty man, Harris. My co-host. Hey, Jack. So, Kelvin's sitting there talking about how good Florida State's offensive line is going to be and all that of those stuff. No, no, no. I said they'll be all right. I said the secondary and the D-line. The secondary and that. Listen, at the end of the day, I don't think that, and again, we've played against Florida State a number of times. It's a different mentality. And Jack brought it up. Jack said he thinks, and, and I have all the, the utmost respect for Florida State's coaching staff, Jimbo Fisher, Odell Hagan's a personal friend of mine. I love Odell. Great guy. Been, he's, hey, he's a player at Florida State, had a short stint in the National Football League, came right back, and he's been coaching at Florida State since 1993. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. And he, he's a mainstay. Great guy. He's put a, a ton of defensive linemen in the National Football League. And their defense has been great every year. Then you got Lawrence Dawsey. But is this something? And Dawsey was one of the, the best college. As a matter of fact, remember, Dawsey uh, broke a record. He set the NCAA record against mm-hmm. us down there in the Orange Bowl. 13 catches in one game. Back yeah, then, nobody was throwing the football like that. So, so for this guy to catch 13 passes in one game was unheard of. Now I'm they do it every that. other weekend. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're, we're sitting back and we're saying probably the best game of the season is going to be the first game of the season with Florida State and Alabama. I, I'm taking actually, Alabama. I agree with that. The best game yeah, of the season. Got, Jack? The best game of the season I, happens I, I, two I'm, weeks later. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Florida State fan, but if I was going to be a betting man, I would bet on Alabama. I just think oh, Nick Saban is just going to find a way to get it done. I, I, but I hope I'm wrong. But when it comes down to X and O's, I'm, tra- I'm gonna take Nick. Wow. Yeah. And I'm an ACC guy. But, so am I. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Let me throw a, let me throw a little scheme talking here for y'all, right quick. Another reason why I'm giving Florida State the advantage offensively, I think Jimbo is probably one of the two or three best play callers in the game. But on defense, Nick doesn't call the plays, but he has an input. Now, the one thing I will say is Jimbo has a familiarity with Nick from the days when they want LSU staff. But let's flip it over. Brian Dayball came from the Patriots. He's bringing the Patriots offense. That's the most second most complex offense, I think, out. Because Hugh Jackson's offense in Cleveland is crazy. I don't think Jalen Hurts has a full grasp of that offense, which means... They have to tailor it down. On top of that, 
I don't know how good of a play caller Brian Dayball is because the two times he's been offensive coordinator, he's gotten fired. So I think there's a period, there's more of a period of an adjustment for Alabama and their coaching than Florida State had to do in their coaching because the continuity is there. It's the same defensive staff, and I think their defensive coordinator needs to thank us in North Carolina for him even having this job because he was, you know, he wasn't taking full advantage of that, that personnel. They lose to North Carolina. They had to play us. The chips were against the wall. He went and simplified their defense, and ever since he's done that, they've taken off. And I think that will be the difference. I think, you know, these two teams are very close in talent. I just think that there's a little bit more of a of a of a of a, of a learning curve that's going to have to go on at Alabama on the offensive side than with the adjustments that Florida State has to make. And I say it's a three to six point game. I think maybe a field goal, a late a late touchdown, but it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be a blowout. And again, I'm going back to 13. I think it's a 13-point game. Wow. I, I, I don't but, – but, and again, we're talking about preparation, talking about the very first game of the season. Now, mm-hmm. you, you can practice all you want to. You can practice and, and with the stuff that the NCAA allowed us to do during the summer when you got those 20 hours a week to work with those guys. You can do that all you want to. But at the end of the day, when you're lacking experience, which Florida State is lacking this year because they lost so many guys, where Alabama is not rebuilding, they're reloading with all these guys. These guys have been freshmen, red-shirt freshmen. They were red-shirted. They've been red-shirt sophomores, and now they're red-shirt juniors and seniors. These guys have been grooming themselves for this for a long time. For a long time. And and that's where I think the difference is going to be. First game of the season, Florida State, Alabama. I think Alabama will be, be much more prepared and ready to go in a game like this than Florida State will be. And I think once the game goes, once the game gets started, when things don't happen the Florida State's way, I think those guys are easier to get frustrated. Where Alabama's just going to continue to play. They're going to grind. Yeah. So, no, enough of Florida State, Alabama. I just got confirmation, and I want to say this live on, on the get down with Hurley Brown, that Jack, and I know you haven't heard it yet, and Kelvin, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but I will be the color commentary. I'll be calling the game tomorrow, FI, no, Thursday, FIU-UCF. Congratulations. about that. I'm excited about that, Jack. They called me yesterday and said, hey, look, you know, earlier, are you interested in doing this? Man, yes, I am. I'm uh, Jack, I'm jacked about it. I can't wait to go over there. Butch Davis, Scott Frost, the UCF Knights versus the Florida International University Golden Panthers. Jack, and I can't wait to see them Golden Panthers play. And that's going to be a big game, Coach. Yes, that's going to be a huge game. Huge Jack, game. you got to send him a barbecue package, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to send him something. I don't yeah, know. Butch Davis might need one after that game, too. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Butch Davis might need one after that game, too, Coach. Oh, please. No, no, no. I, hey, man, I'm, uh, again, you're talking about Butch Davis now. Yes. Against Scott Frost in his second year. Scott's going into his second year. Now, right. everybody was, was you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up, I live up in, you know, right outside of Orlando. 
So I'm here. Right. And, man, the, the buzz is going on about UCF. You know, man, they're going to be just good as what they were when Blake Bortles were there and stuff. They had a great turnaround, yeah. one of the greatest turnarounds in college football. And I'm looking at what they did last year. They won six games. Yeah. Like they um, won six. They lost seven. They were four and four in the conference. What, what, what's the buzz? Well, I'm not special about that. I like scout calls. I'm gonna be honest with you, Hurley. I watched the um, I watched the uh, bowl game against Arkansas State on YouTube because you know Miami plays, and I was trying to get familiar with Arkansas State, and they they don't have any pass protection at all. I mean, the the quarterback is a young quarterback. He'd just be a true sophomore. Um, they got decent skill players, but the offensive line is really shaky. And defensively, they lost pretty much uh, most of their front seven other than the, the, the Griffin kid, who was the player of the year in the conference with just one hand. But FIU, I don't know. It's going to be a toss-up because FIU, they they got a good quarterback. They got they got good, good running backs, but their offensive line is shaky, too. And they, they lost a lot of defensive linemen. Um, I guess it's going to come down to... Who got the better DBs in this game? What's going to come down to? Who's going to make the least amount of mistakes? That's what it's going to come down to. Scott Frost has got that high tempo offense. Same stuff mm-hmm. they ran out there at Oregon. It's going to come down to who's going to make the least amount of mistakes and who's going to win the turnover battle. That's what it's going to come down to. And I'm looking at from our experience with Butch. I'm looking at Butch having that team coach to and, and to a point to where they're not going to lose. You're going to have to win that game. You got to be is going to have to win the game. Yeah, FIU's not going to lose it, and and that's what you get when you when when you got a guy like a Butch Davis who's been coaching for thirty some odd years, you know, as opposed to a Scott Frost who's you know Scott's in his second year. So the, the athletes are very similar. And I think Butch's recruiting class last year was probably just as good as UCF's. And, Jack, I don't know if you know this, I want to say 18 out of the 21 or 22 players that Butch signed were from that Tri-County area. Dade, yes, sir. Dade, Broward, and and West Palm Beach. Um, Beach County. 18. So, so, So when we're talking, so when we're talking, Attitude, Florida attitude. Mm-hmm. They got it, boss. They got it. Okay. And I'm Jack, man. You know, yeah, Jack. So you know, I mean, I'm excited well, about. It. I'm excited for the opportunity, but I'm also excited to go up there and watch these young boys play. When, when is the game? The game's Thursday night. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, uh, eight o'clock, seven thirty. Yeah, it's the eight o'clock game. Oh, okay. I'm okay, going to be more interested in. You got to be tuned in. Say that again, Jack. I'll be more interested in you calling the game. And calling yeah, I'm going to have my red pen Because, you, like you say, both teams got Florida ties, and these kids grew up with each other. They don't play against each other. And, hey, it's like a Miami-Florida State rivalry. That's what it's going to come down to. Exactly. That's what it is. Both I think South Florida... Florida has got, is, is, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, South Florida's probably, they're not Florida, Florida State, Miami. But I think that right now they have an edge on Central Florida. 
So I think Central Florida's, you know, hey, probably even with FIU, FAU, just, you know, because of the, the because of their history and how long they've been in, in existence, probably a little well, like bit better, a little said, bit more attractive. We just don't know how good Central Florida is defensively. We haven't seen it. We don't. And if you can't we, don't. Be, we haven't seen we it. We don't know how good they are defensively. We don't know how good um, FIU is at all. We don't know what uh, their offense know. is going to do we'll this their first year. So we don't know. But I will tell you this. They'll be ready to play. I will be ready that. And they're going to play hard. They're going to play for 60 minutes. I'm excited about that one. You know, you got Furman yeah. Silver. Hey, um, Jack, you know Furman. We recruited uh, Furman out of high school. Great kid. Ended up going to FIU having, you know, having an amazing career. You got Lewis, uh, yeah. Sage Lewis. You know, you got Alex Magoo. He's a quarterback. And, hey, man, then you got Alex Gardner, the kid from Jacksonville Range, the running back. Yeah. yeah. He does well at recruiting. Anthony Gator's son, Thomas Owens. I mean, they, they got a nice little group over there. And then yeah, over at UCF, I mean, man, hey, you know, shoot, you got my boy. They call him um, Mr. Get Gone, Adrian Killen. Arguably one of the fastest players in, in the state of Florida. And then, like mm-hmm. I said, the type of offense that he's going to run, I mean, hey, man, it's wide open. It is wide open. Mm-hmm. The quarterback, Milton, Milton McKenzie. And um, you know, Hurley, I'm anxious to see what Anthony's going to do over there this year, too. You know, Anthony towards yeah, ACL. Oh, so he's oh. going to be out for the season. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're saying they don't have any running back depth because he's hurt. Oh, God. Exactly. Well, that's a big exactly. loss for them. Big loss for them. Exactly. Huge. Because oh. I was expecting a big breakout year from him this year. Yeah. We all were. We all were. We're, we're excited. Miss Betty told yeah. me yesterday that his toys ACL. He had surgery a couple of weeks ago. But um, ah. so, so he'll be back. He'll be back. They love yeah, him. Of course, yeah. You know, they're keeping yeah. him around and, and doing the right things with him, and we're excited about him. But, man, we got to go. Okay. That's our show for today. Jack. Well, Coach, I'm definitely going to call back in. Monday, and then we're gonna, we'll do a little bit more arguing about the Alabama and Florida State game and see what happened and, uh, yeah, and what caused the loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, Kelvin, you owe me Mama Lucy. So that's, hey, that's I, the best. I'm going to be back in Florida Miami. State hey, wins, hey. I'll buy you Mama Lucy. Alabama hey, wins, you buy me Mama Lucy. But, family, we call the game on Wednesday, Thursday night. I call the game Thursday night, FIU, UCF. I'll be tuned in. It's going to be a Kevin, great game. It's going to be a great Kevin, game. Kevin, you stay tuned in, and I'll call you, oh, Kevin, would. later on. You got you it. Gonna be at, you going to be at the golf game. All right, but that's yeah, our show for the day, family. I got to go work on my golf game. Yeah, go work on your golf game. We got to say goodbye to the All right. Family, that's our show. Ray Ellis will be on next. So please stay tuned. Don't go nowhere. And we'll be back next week to talk a little bit more about Florida State, Alabama and UCF FIU. Thanks for tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week. 